You're listening to remoteoffice.fm, the story behind co-working and the future of work. It's episode 46 with your host, Lima Hayati. I'm super happy to announce our guest today. She had incredible care story before she met Joe Batico. From being CEO of MTV Estonia, managing Fox channels, and she also a politician. If you currently feel anxious to get a broad job, you might be falling in love with this topic. Now, let's listen our conversation with Caroline Hendricks. Welcome to Remote Office, Caroli. Finally, I had a chance to meet you. You had so many uh, like um, experience from being CEO of MTV Estonia, managing Fox channels, and you're also part of the Pernu City Council. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In what terms you think, oh, this is the time you want to move to another industry, and hmm. did it influence you to create Jabatical? Hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I have a, quite a um, long story in entrepreneurship. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I started uh, when I was 16 with, uh, with my first company uh, from a student project. And, and I think uh, in general that uh, I invented or had an idea for a student project and it turned out to be unique. And I became the youngest inventor in my country, uh, which helped with marketing a lot. Um, okay. So... And I think kind of the main thing was that I realized when I was 16 that you don't need to have a PhD or a fancy kind of background in order to make a difference in the world. And um, so after that, it was just, I have joked that I, I, uh, I became... It, it became kind of my addiction that anything that I do has to make a difference or has to change the world for, for, uh, for the better. So uh, what, what brought me to Chabatical was, um, I think, the combination of a few things. Uh, first of all, after being in the television industry for almost seven years, uh, I decided I will leave the industry because I didn't really believe in the linear television any, anymore. And, wow. uh, and <laughs> because, I, I mean, uh, I, I believe in on-demand, on demand, but not uh, in, in the linear. Why should I watch or why should anybody watch anything that somebody else has decided will you know, uh, air at certain time. <laughs> so anyways, I, I didn't really believe in that anymore. And, and I, I think in my own life, um, I was in the place where I would have loved to find Chabatical, the platform. Um, I actually flew to Malaysia, uh, from Estonia and trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. Um, and, uh, and I, I realized that there's nobody that is actually leveraging the kind of the experience, the knowledgeable people who want to, um, you know, step out from their comfort zones and work in another country. Uh, there's a lot of internship opportunities, but those are for junior people. But for somebody who has been, you know, building businesses since uh, 16, uh, it's yeah, like yeah. 10 years of experiences, right? Nobody's yeah, actually... Story. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, but uh, so nobody's actually leveraging it. And, I, and actually the idea of Chabatical I had when I myself, I, I was, I call my own Chabatical, I was in Singularity University. I was lucky to get into Ray Kurzweil's uh, Singularity University in uh, Mountain View and uh, lived oh, in the NASA, yeah. cool. Na, NASA, uh, NASA base uh, in, uh, um, in Mountain View for almost three months. And, and there I started to think about also the other side of uh, the formula. I started to think why is Silicon Valley so like creating all those companies that change the world that it cannot be that people just woke up uh, in that area and were smarter than anybody else, right? So I started to think, how could we put those two things together? How could we attract, the, basically, 
it's, it's people who are attracted to Silicon Valley who go there and who then build those companies. So how could we attract people to discover places that are not so obvious career choices like Estonia or Malaysia or, or Slovenia that and actually more and more cities are emerging around the world which are which have create infrastructure who which actually have great lifestyle opportunities and those uh, locations don't necessarily have the knowledge and skill set in order to build the companies that are the future Googles right so how could we get the people there uh, and how could we help the people who who are curious to discover um, uh, new cultures and really live local life. Uh, how could we encourage them to discover those places? And how could we build the world where your career could be global? So basically maybe the next next opportunity that you're going to take will be in Estonia. You live there for two, three years. You go next to Indonesia and then you live. So wh why don't we start enabling people to actually have global careers. Why you choose Malaysia? Do, do you have any... Why choose Malaysia? Uh, that was, that was, that was a quite ran, a random choice, I must say. Oh. <laughs> it was just February and I thought I Why want to go somewhere warm. <laughs> I don't know. I, for some reason, I decided, by the way, uh, do you want me to share a funny story? Um, uh, look at my finger. Yo, what happened? I had a last week I gave a speech. Uh, I a strange story. Uh, last week I, I I was I gave a speech. Um, the president of Estonia invited to uh, um, join her delegation and give a speech in Ukraine. Um, and so she was on the stage and she gave her speech. And then after her, basically it was my turn, and I just fell on the stage and broke my finger. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? But I still, uh, I still, the speech went. It was just so slippery. But uh, the speech went very well after that. Still, uh, but I have a broken finger now. So that's a mem memorable speech. Yeah. So moving on, I was remember like December 2015. I'm looking for a job that flexible enough that I could still stay living abroad. And I saw a Jobatica website. It just job board. Right now you have several services from global talent pool, hiring support, and relocation services. What's exactly the business model of the Jobatico? Mm -hmm. So in 2015, it was actually when we had just started, so we were very early. Uh, I'm glad to hear that you were one of the early yeah. adapters. Uh, but uh, yeah, back then we didn't even have yet the business model. We were just building the network. And uh, what our business model for us, uh, the, uh, paying, the main paying customer is the business who pays for the, uh, for the service of um, hiring and immigration. And uh, we also are, I mean, we are also testing out some services for the talent in order to see if we can be, you know, some of the talent, what we see is that they have very specific uh, needs or, or de desires. So, uh, and we, we are trying to see if we can be more helpful uh, accommodating those desires. So, uh, but our main business customer is, the, the, our main customer is the businesses who are hiring, who are then covering all the hiring services, who are covering the immigration costs and uh, onboarding the talent. And for us, businesses, meaning that there are either remote or distrib distributed teams uh, who are hiring remote people or they are uh, 
companies who are ready to onboard international people, usually because they don't have enough specific skill set in their local market. Local market, and I mean, if you look at the countries, then uh, talent shortage is becoming an issue for for all over the world. And um, and so we are we are focusing on the countries which actually have supportive immigration. So the most extreme uh, positive example is Estonia, of course. Um, where in Estonia you can get a work permit within as fast as 24 hours. Uh, it costs less than $200 and it's really, um, so basically uh, I could make an offer today to a person 3,000 miles away uh, out of EU and uh, and the person could start, potentially start tomorrow or in a few oh, days really? in our own. <laughs> so, uh, immigration and everything? So, so basically, the, the, here in Estonia, you can get the um, work permit, the short-term work permit within uh, 24 hours. And after that, when you're, you would be here in Estonia, we would then apply for a temporary residency, which also takes very, it's very fast. Mm-hmm. But you can basically, from day one, you can start working. So oh, Estonia cool. has that yeah. really, really, really easy. Uh, there are other countries who are um, uh, making it more and more easy. I mean, Netherlands is... Uh, uh, it's a little bit more costly, but uh, it takes 14 days to get a work permit. Uh, Denmark, 14 days. Uh, uh, and Germany takes up to two months, but it's a very simple oh. process for highly skilled uh, talent. So in that sense, I think what we are seeing, on one hand, we have countries like uh, US or UK who are closing down. But on the other hand, there are countries which are opening up because they have such a painful talent shortage. And I think it's very curious to see which are the successful countries in 10 years, like where people will be, where the talent will be located in 10 years. I'm well, very curious to see. of Silicon Valley, I think. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. And I think that's a very important question. And I, I, I mean, we, you were asking about the digital nomad visa, which again, yeah. Estonia... That's the no, most weighted topic. But uh, yeah, and I think this is the idea for that also came... Uh, for when looking, because we work with two types of talent, talent who is either remote or, or they move to an employer. So if you move to Estonia and you start working for an Estonian company or you move to Germany and you have a German company, then it's very simple because you have, you just apply for the work permit or the residency, right? Uh, and we can help with that. But we what we realized was that uh, for the remote people, um, there's no legal way to actually work outside your home market. So if yeah. you go from Indonesia, even if, let's say, you go to Thailand and uh, and you start working remotely, you enter with a tourist visa, uh, then actually, yeah. you, you can do that, it's but possible. it's uh, illegal. Yeah, yeah, but it's illegal. Yeah, it's so it means illegal. that there's a, but there's no legal framework around remote working because countries just, I mean, when they created their policy, they didn't have remote working, right? The discussion that now Estonia has taken the initiative, which they, if the parliament, uh, you know, supports it and everything goes through, then this will be, um, um, they want to launch it beginning of next year, which would oh. mean that you can actually apply for a digital nomad visa, which, which allows you to actually work legally from Estonia uh, either you have an employer uh, outside Estonia who, and you can prove that you have an employment contract and you are location independent. Yeah. So it, location independent meaning that you cannot be a construction worker and work remotely because it's just not possible. So it has to be a location independent work, uh, the nature of the work. And, uh, or you are a freelancer, you have clients 
you know, in different countries you want to work from Estonia, you can apply for a digital nomad visa. So it's still in the process of, it's not launched yet, but this is the plan and we are supporting the Ministry of Interior Affairs to figure it out. And it's actually funny that um, we have also in included um, like remote year, for example, yeah, yeah. it's helping. Uh, and also we like we have included... Yeah, we we uh, they are not actually part of it, but uh, yeah. but we have also involved like our own community. So people who are digital nomads in in Jobadical helped. We did a survey on them, and they helped to the minister or the Estonian government yeah, to understand yeah, yeah. their needs. So basically, we have really like a community collaboration between a state and the digital nomad community yeah, yeah. in order to create yeah, a policy. Awesome. And I think. And I think that's really cool. And it's a good example of how you should leverage those communities because I, I think very often the problem is that there's on one hand, there's policymakers and uh, on the other hand, you have the, the real life um, and they don't really communicate to each other. And yeah. then the policy doesn't really meet the real life. But now here we have really built the bridge so that uh, the government understands when they are you know, developing this, they actually understand what people, like how they work, what their needs are, you know, what their, you know, income level is, like what they would be able to provide, what not to provide. So they are really in dialogue with that. So I'm really proud of, of what this country is doing. Is there any requirement, like unit income, few thousand euros to apply? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's not still set yet. Again, like this is in process right now. Uh, so I, I, to be honest, I don't remember exactly, was it, uh, because it was discussed whether 2,000 or 3,000 euros a month, uh, like, and, 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 and I know that there was a discussion that it can, uh, be, um, and, but again, like it's too early because it hasn't been finally decided. But uh, what they are trying to also uh, take into account is the fact that if you're a freelancer, then um, and that's one of the feedback we got from from our community. But you're a freelancer, then you on one yeah you know, one month you can earn five thousand euros, another month yeah. eight hundred euros. Yeah. So what they are trying to take this into account and figure out a way to look maybe like six months average or something like that, uh, so that it would. Uh, um, it, it would be realistic for a freelancer to be meeting their requirements. Yeah, yeah. to be prepared. Wow, yeah. that's really cool news <laughs> because people yeah. are like discussing all of it, discuss everything like every country. Why just Estonia made that policy? Why are the European countries not doing that? That's why. <laughs> because we are we are from Estonia. <laughs> but Estonia is also, I think... Uh, I'm uh, really proud of Estonia. <laughs> I'm very proud because they are, I think they are, uh, in a way, I have said, uh, like Estonia in a way thinks, and which is really great to see, like government thinks in a way like startup, they are really ready to test out. And if it doesn't work, you know, they can shut it down, but they are ready, like e-residency also. It was initially like a very small state startup. I don't know how, we, how much you know about e-residency. Yeah, have you yeah, heard about yeah. 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 Actually, I already yeah. contact them. <laughs> ah, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. So, most of their team is actually hired through Chabadical. Uh, oh. So probably somebody who talked to... Uh, very, <laughs> but, uh, but yes, it, this is also, this was a very tiny uh, state startup. Uh, but now as it's, uh, you know, the uh, country or the government can see it's successful. So they put more money. So it's, they, they kind of test out and they're ready to experiment and re take 
risks. And I think this is a very forward-thinking way of building a future country, right? Um, In relation with the future of work, exactly. um, how many success percentage of the hiring? What if at the end, the candidate couldn't match with their job requirement? Are you also offering replacement? For the company? I mean, we can do an additional search, but to be honest, we haven't had many of those kind of cases. In that sense, if, uh, if you're already onboarding a foreigner, like there have been very few cases where you actually have... Uh, it doesn't work out um yeah. it's uh, i mean it, it it can be that in half a year or, or in a year the person decides to leave but uh, but we see that also that yeah. but we yeah, but we uh, but we also see that and for an individual to move to another country um it's a very big commitment which means that they think it through much more than maybe you think through when you would change you know your job in the neighborhood so so people when they already have made the decision, we see that they're much more loyal <laughs> than maybe the average millennials. <laughs> so, so in that sense, uh, if you already, because they are also connected, if it's not, a, um, if it's, uh, you actually move to the country and if it's not uh, working remotely, then people uh, are connected with a work permit uh, to the company, which means that they, they, again, are much more loyal. But if it's uh, distributed teams, I mean, what then, um, Again, I don't remember, to be honest, very many cases that we have had, like, a bad like match. Still, it's not match. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. maybe, yeah. So, 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 so I, well, we have been quite lucky, but I, I think uh, we have had quite we a have any good experience. Yet, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very few that I remember. And uh, it has been more of, like, uh, the culture not working out or, or, you know, something along the lines, but very few cases. Are you also right. opening HR... HR software, like payroll software or onboarding employee? We can do some, we do some uh, cross-cultural training. So trainings to, uh, uh, for HR teams uh, to uh, kind of be ready to onboard people yeah. uh, with different cultures. And, uh, but the payroll part, we don't, we don't do that part. Mm. Maybe in the future. Maybe in the future. <laughs> What's your dream that you want to make it from the jobatical in five to ten years? Uh, what is my dream? My dream is that, um, like, why we do what, what why we do what we do is that yeah. we really believe in the world without borders, and uh, and in that sense, my my dream is where um, you can build as an individual you can build a career without any limitations, like whatever is your passport. It doesn't matter if you're on sabbatical, we would fast track the country that you want to move, the team you want to move. Uh, and on the other hand, if you are a team that you would be able to hire whatever person, whatever passport you, that is the right fit for your team and that we would not have the barriers. So basically, I, and this is something that I'm seeing more and more. We, we really see that the importance of a passport is yeah. fading away. Like it doesn't really matter. Really? Like if you are, I mean, if you think about if you're from Indonesia, yeah, or from Germany, like, yeah. If, if, if you have the skill set, does it matter if you were accidentally born in Germany? Um, so, so the question is, I think the passport, which very much is like still defining people and their uh, opportunities is starting to fade away and we want to be the platform enabling people not to worry about their passport but ha build a global career wherever they are from um so this is our dream to become kind of 
in a way to become the new new passport <laughs> to your <laughs> oh, maybe you create a new passport digital nomad passport <laughs> we have we have discussed that uh, we have discussed that there's actually if um I had a conversation with the United Nations and I found out that oh. uh, they they have uh, they have in the United Nations that's what I heard from uh, people working there that uh, they uh, if you join as an employee then you can ha- get a passport which says that you are basically United Nations it doesn't say a country you're just a human mm-hmm. and I, I think uh, this is the world that we want to build with Chabadical is that when you are maybe in you know, 10 years <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly that you you would be you would you are just a human and you can And you don't have the limitations set by the the you know policy uh, which doesn't very often doesn't make sense um, by the way do you, what do you think how when was when did countries start to use passports yeah but when when what, what do you think how old is a passport the actual like passport that we use today yeah it's 100 years very good guess usually people think that it's like 500 years or you know 400 years but it's actually very recent Uh, and I don't think it will be, I don't think we will have passports in the same way as we have today in like 10, 15 I'm years. I'm waiting for uh, that breakthrough. <laughs> <laughs> so, so hopefully uh, the dream is that we will have chubatical passports that will allow you to be human uh, <laughs> and don't have borders. But it, uh, you have a lot of uh, tech companies from here because it's just so easy to... Um, Uh, I mean, like I said, country is very forward thinking, uh, Carmen constantly helping to support like how you could become a stronger global company and then really um, yeah, leveraging also the now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's a, that's a really. But at first, how you convince the investor like the market is not ready? I mean, at that time, how you convince <laughs> the investor to invest <laughs> geopolitical? <laughs> Well, that's you have to ask my investors that, but uh, <laughs> but I mean, uh, yeah, we have a. I think we have a strong vision. I, I think it's in the sense that uh, it was so the early angel investors uh, they joined when we didn't even have the product yet. Uh, oh. But uh, Unius Ventures, who is our uh, U, uh, U.S. investor and very strong, they are one of the top VCs in the world. They actually found us on Twitter, so they oh. are visionaries themselves. So they actually found us and uh, and and so they really um got intrigued by the vision and uh, and so they have been investing uh, in just we have investors from japan like taizos on um yeah. uh, and mistletoe who also really strongly believe in the vision and i i, I really like how um, just our investor from japan was here uh, two days ago how he or on friday uh, how he <laughs> said was that uh, you should uh, always look not what is near but what is like far and because that's where the answers are because we always get distracted with the what is near like for example we look at the Brexit right now it, it almost seems like the whole world is closing down but we should think what is going to come after that because Brexit is also a reaction for a change and that change will take us to a new place right so yeah. um So in that sense, uh, we believe that the world the is... That's the of the digital nomad visa. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that the world is on a brink of a change. And I believe that this will be actually a change to a, towards a more open world. And um, uh, because, I mean, I'm talking to you, you're from Indonesia, I'm from Estonia. We're very like-minded. I'm more connected to you than uh, many Estonians, right? So the question is like, why do... I define myself being culturally different from you. I'm actually much more similar to you than 
culturally similar, some of the Estonians, right? So yeah. I think where the, the, the borders are fading much more. We will have communities probably who are, I mean, people need communities, but uh, I think the, um, the way we see states or nation states who, who used to be like people nearby who think alike, I think this is already changing or has changed because in the nation state you have very different people and to people who don't understand each other at all. So, uh, so the question is that we are starting more to have like global communities. And I think that will change the way we see countries or what countries um, are, right? Yeah. Thank you for this incredible chance to talk to you about Digital Nomad Visa, the geopolitical, your experience. I think uh, our listeners would love to hear this. <laughs> okay, very good. I'm okay, looking forward to it. Hey, listeners, what do you think of our conversation today? Do you feel excited to look for a job that gives you a chance to relocate to your favorite country? If you want to know the latest updates for Geopolitical, you can check out their website, geopolitical.com, or you could also follow Carolee on Twitter at CarolyHendrick. Also, you should definitely subscribe and listen to the upcoming episode with Design Lab.